Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We would like to thank you for checking us out, tuning in, and more importantly, subscribing. Uh, Make sure that you pass the word. Again, this is Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle. I want to thank you again for tuning in. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Really going to be NBA heavy uh, this week. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get it started. Before we get it started, got to bring on my homies, man. First up, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's going on, Kyle? Chilling, man. Chilling. Just uh, watching a little NBA, man. Yeah, same here, man. Watching this game four and see what the heck. The heck these Cavaliers are doing that the same team that people think is going to be Golden State in six. <laughs> also joining us is my man Ken. Ken, what's up, man? What up, everybody, man? I'm just sitting here watching uh, the game, like B. That's all. Just trying to see what's going on. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it, it's uh, for those of you listening, uh, at the time of this recording, Game 4 is going on. So we're going to have some commentary about Game 3, obviously, uh, of the Eastern Conference Finals. But we will be chiming in uh, probably by the time we finish this recording, uh, Game 4 might or probably be close to conclusion. Uh, so we will give you updates uh, as we go along and talk about it. Um, but let's start right there, man. NBA action, uh, the Cavs. Go down in game three at home. LeBron scores only 11 points. Uh, we we talked via text, man. It's probably one of the worst games that we've seen LeBron play. Um, what? I'll start first with you, B. What happened to LeBron in game three? Hell, your guess is good as mine. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's every time when, 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 when I'm just starting to like, you know, cheer and root for LeBron or, like, you know, claim him to be this, you know, NBA player that I would, that I think, thought that he would be since the beginning of his career. He pulled off some type of games like this. And my issue is, it's not really the fact that he had, like, a bad game statistically. Effort. Like, show me some freaking effort or something. Like, you know, Plenty of superstars. All of them have had bad games. Akeem Olajuwon, Zeke, Magic, Jordan, all of Bird. All of these guys had bad games. But you know what you saw when you when they had them bad games, they were still out there trying to win, and they, and they, and you saw effort. I felt like in that second half, LeBron he just checked out, and uh, Kenny Smith made an interesting point. You know, I, you know, you know how they always talk after the game and stuff, and he was saying like. He noticed that LeBron wasn't engaged. Like, he just wasn't, like, and my thing is this, man. This is the freaking NBA playoffs. Why the freak? Do you think Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Kobe Bryant wasn't engaged in a freaking playoff game? Regular season? That's a little different story. Playoffs. (laughs) You have to be locked in and engaged. I don't care what lead you got, how embarrassed you made them look the game before you was up by 20. 
you should be like, let's go ahead and take care of business. Let's hurry up and sweep these guys so we can get some more rest or whatever and get ready for the finals. You cannot be disengaged in a freaking NBA playoff game. In, in any sports that has playoffs or or where championship, a chance to play for championship on the line. Like, uh, stuff like that just irks me so bad, man. Like I said, it's not the fact that he had 11 points. He was, what, 0 for, 0 for, 0 for something in the fourth quarter. You know, didn't 0 make for, a 0 for 3. I think he took three yeah, shots in the yeah, fourth quarter. Yeah, 0 for 3 in the fourth quarter. Like, my thing is just effort, man. Show like you want to win. Show like you, you want to try to do something for the team to win, man. Like that, that's, that, that's pretty much been my issue with LeBron. You know, same thing with the Dallas series and the finals, man. Like, just show like show that you want to win. Show some effort, man. That's all I want to see. I don't if, if you shoot one for for thirteen. If mm-hmm. I still see you out there, we saw Jordan had Jordan shot. It was it was games. Jordan shot four for nineteen, mm-hmm. but you knew Jordan was engaged in that game. He was trying to win, and best believe if he needed to, he would have took the last shot, <laughs> the game, <laughs> or the game tying or game winning shot, even if he was four for nineteen. Like right. effort, man, is this freaking effort? That's that's the thing that ticks me off. About LeBron, man, like show some freaking effort. So I, that's just that's my issue, man. It's like just when I'm like, man, LeBron's looking amazing in this playoffs. He's on another level. He's locked in. He's playing like we we were just saying it. He's playing like we've never seen mm-hmm. NBA player play in these you know first couple of rounds in the playoffs. He's on a mission, and he comes out and pull off a game like game three. Oh, golly, man, just it'd be frustrating sometimes watching this. You know, I, I don't. FIFO, I don't know how can you be a fan of this sometimes, man. I don't know how this FIFO will be listening to this. Yeah, shout out to FIFO. He he was un- unable to join us for this pod- for this week's podcast. Uh, Ken, I'll throw it to you, man. Um, I know you're a fan. What can we say about LeBron in Game 3, man? I have no idea. I think that, well, I, I think, one, I think he was trying to, trying to get um, Kyrie Love ready for the next round. Trying to get their their confidence up, kind of taking the the night off, man. He just really took the night off. I think that's as easy as 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 I can say it. Um, and I think the surprising thing is when the, I kept waiting for when the game got tight, I was like, oh yeah, LeBron's gonna take over, and, and he didn't. You know, he was aggressive in spots, but it just it just wasn't enough. And in a game like that, where you have a chance to basically put them put this series away. You got to take it because when you don't do that, you create moments like tonight where they think they actually got a chance. And now, you know, you come out, you're a little flat, and now you're sitting on the bench with four fouls. And and you're still not looking like yourself. So I think he probably just got home, got a little too comfortable, and now – they're trailing by ten at the time. Ten at the time of this recording, and they're going to need him to finish this game off. They've changed up their coverages a little bit. They're doubling LeBron in in spots here. They're looking like they're about to come double, and you know they're doubling Kyrie at times. They're doubling uh, um, Love. So the Celtics, let's give them credit. They changed up their defensive strategy. But look, man, when you leading by twenty one, you blowing these boys out. Come on, man, like. At home. You gotta put that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta put them away. You yeah, put with, away. without Isaiah Thomas on the floor. Yeah, you gotta put that away. Yeah, I I think um, I was I was really surprised. Uh, I, we haven't and we talked via text. 
we haven't seen LeBron play that bad since, I guess, what was that, that Dallas game in the finals? Um, 11 points is inexcusable. And, and I will be the first to admit, we came on this same podcast and we killed James Harden for his, you know, his lack of effort uh, when they were, you know, blown out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I got to give LeBron the same thing. I, it's inexcusable. There's no reason. And, and I... I was tired, but I stayed up and watched the the post game press conference, and you know he said he just didn't have it. I get it, you know, and I'm not going to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan, but I remember Michael Jordan saying, you know, on the nights where the jumper's not falling, or you know you're not scoring as much, then you go get a rebound, you go get some assists, you 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 do you you try to get some steals, you you do other things to help your team gain that confidence and then you know just from a defensive perspective just to you know keep you engaged um i heard tim legler from uh, espn talk about the fact that you know lebron kind of came out passive and he let his teammates you know kind of do a lot of the the work and that he never could get himself into the game i tell and i and i like tim legler but i, I think that's bs i think uh, uh, we're not talking about you know, Avery Bradley here. <laughs> We're not talking about somebody who's just on the team. We're talking about the best player in the NBA, bar none. I mean, I don't think it's even close. You know, for him to come out and have an 11-point game in the NBA, in the, excuse me, in the NBA playoffs, East Conference Finals, that's inexcusable. I mean, if this had been a Tuesday night road game in Minnesota, you know what, man? We're not even batting an eye. Yeah, I mean, you should take a night off, you know, if you're playing again and your team loses to the Minnesota Timberwolves in the same fashion. OK, you can chalk that up because it's only one of 82. But you don't want to give and by no means do I think that Boston will win this series. But what you're doing is you're extending this, you know, by playing extra game. I mean, this really should have been a sweep. Um, mm -hmm. even if it's only one extra game that they have to play, they, they did not want to have to get on a plane and go to Boston to play another game. Um, with that being said, I think LeBron has to take it upon himself to, this is where the leadership comes in. LeBron talks constantly about, you know, him being the leader, excuse me, the leader of the team. Uh, he's got a lead and, you know, he, like I said, at the start of this game, game four, he has not done a great job because it's, you know, halftime at the time of this recording and he's got four fouls i mean you you can't get four fouls in the first half so that really means he has to play it extra conservative uh in the second half because you don't want lebron james to foul out of a playoff game so what happened in game three cannot happen again and it's i think the thing that's more surprising and disappointing is that he had been playing so well up until this point. Like B, like you said, B, you know, this is some of the best basketball we've seen LeBron play ever. And for him to get to that point and just I, I can I can actually deal with you scoring eleven points. I can't deal with you checking out. And it looked like he checked out. And that that's never cool. Um so we'll see how it plays out, man. I, I'm 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 surprised, but uh and shout out to all you uh, LeBron haters, because the uh, LeBron haters were out in full effect, boy. And you know most of the LeBron haters are Kobe stands. So uh, shout out to crazy, all of you, because 
Yeah, I mean, it really they came out but, like that. After oh, man. They, man, they came out in droves. I saw so many posts on my Facebook timeline, on my Twitter timeline. I mean, people who hadn't been commenting on the NBA all season long. I told you he wasn't Jordan. I mean, I've never heard LeBron say that he wants to be Jordan. But, man, the, oh, the Kobe stands were out in full effect, man. Because, and I think what also sparked it was Barkley said before the game that if LeBron you know, won another title, he would put LeBron over Kobe. And, you know, they Kobe stands really don't like that. So, you know, if, if nothing else, LeBron got us talking. Game three got us talking. And, and it brought out the haters. We're going to have us talking. <laughs> <laughs> over in the Western Conference, the uh, Golden State Warriors got the Spurs up out the paint, put them on the boat, going fishing uh, with the sweep. Um, obviously, we know Kawhi Leonard went down in game one. Um, after playing, what, two great quarters of basketball, rolling his ankle on uh, Zaza Pachulia's foot uh, subsequently and being sidelined for the rest of that game as well as uh, the subsequent games two, three, and four. Um, So, Ken, I'll start with you, man. How much of a difference do you think Kawhi Leonard would have made if he had played and been healthy? Well, you know what I think, man. I think the Spurs would have won the series. I think he made that much of a difference for that team. And I got to say this, man. I'm disappointed in Pop. Pop is my, my favorite coach in the NBA. And I'm disappointed in him, man, um, because he quit. He quit that series. And, I, you know, I know we why talked do you say, about it. Why do you say he quit? Because I, I, I don't think that – I think it got to a point where when they were down 2-0, I, I felt that he knew that the series was over, and that's why – uh, Kawhi didn't even attempt to play. Um, even in game four, based on what you're saying, he, he said his ankle was still messed up in game three. So I get not playing game three, but damn, man, you're going you're gonna to go for a sweep. You could have probably tried to play him game four because they said he was likely out. So I think he mm-hmm. just rolled over, man, and just gave up on the series. I mean, he wasn't going to win it anyway, so Pops is, is a, a Hall of Fame coach for a reason, so why risk his long-term health for the mm-hmm. sake of avoiding embarrassment right um but i will say this that spurs team is going to be extremely dangerous next year and i think they may win it all because all them young guns on that team if especially they get lamarcus out of there but all those young guns on that team man they got a lot of playoff experience against what may be the best team in the in the nba uh 27 and (laughs) 1 which is freaking nuts um the warriors are 27 and 1 uh, in their last 28 games, and they just rolled through the weak, overrated Western Conference Finals. The <laughs> West is overrated. Stop saying the East is not good. The West isn't as good as you guys are making it out to be. If that was the case, the Warriors would have lost the game. I know Kawhi got hurt. The Spurs can compete. I know George Hill and and Derek Favors is. Other guys were limited in Utah, so they couldn't compete. I know that Nurkic got hurt in Portland, and they couldn't compete. But the fact is that the West, I think, is overrated. And, you know, everybody's talking about Golden State may be the best team ever. Nah, man, not with the competition they face, but that's a whole conversation for another day. Um, But, yeah, I think the Spurs would have won it probably in six or seven. Okay, okay. That's that's different. <laughs> but what about you, B? Uh, 
how, how much of a difference do you think Kawhi would have made had he played uh, in that series? Um, it would have. I can definitely see a Golden State in Game uh, Seven. Um, I think the series would have been pushed to seven. I don't think the Spurs necessarily would have won, even though I've always said throughout the regular season, if it was one team that can stop us from seeing a Cleveland versus Golden State trilogy, would be San Antonio. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't, I never really, tr- I never really trusted Lamarcus. So that was probably like my small reason of why I I picked against the Spurs. Just off of Lamarcus, but yeah, if Kawhi would have stayed healthy, you know, I definitely think this series would have been pushed to seven. I think Golden State would have been they they wouldn't have went through the West undefeated. And I, I completely agree with, with uh, Ken. Like, you know, people was always dogging the East, dogging the East, dogging the East, but Golden State just they just became the first team to sweep. You know, because you know when Lakers did it in two thousand one, the first round was still three out of five. But um, Golden State just became the first team to go twelve and zero. Like they just swept. There are three rounds in the Western Conference, and nobody's saying anything about the West. Like, no one is saying, oh, well, the West is this, the West is that. Everybody just focuses on the East because everybody just want to hate on LeBron. They just find a reason to just hate on LeBron or discredit whatever LeBron has done throughout his career. But um, come on now. Let's, let's, yeah, let's let's speak on how the West is overrated. Like, how, how did Memphis get swept? How did, you know— what other team they play? Who that? Who else to go to state play? I forgot who they. Portland, yeah. Port was it Portland? Portland, Memphis, and then yeah, Portland. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, come on now, like y'all talking about the East, this, East, that, and and Golden State out here sweeping, sweeping the whole damn, damn West, man. So yeah, this is. But yeah, I think Kawhi being there, it would have definitely been pushed to um seven games. I got. I actually got to disagree with both of you. I think. First and foremost, Ken, I don't think the Spurs would have won. Um, but I will with, say this. With Kawhi? 100%? With, with Kawhi? No, with Kawhi? No, no, no. Because I, I, I think the problem is is that where, where they struggle is just what we saw um, outside of Kawhi. You know, you really – and I, I don't think people really paid much attention to it, but, like, the other go-to guy in that, on that team, at least coming down the stretch here recently, was uh, Patty Mills. And I thought um, Clay Thompson – Although he didn't shoot necessarily effectively, Clay Thompson did a pretty good job defensively on, on clamping him down. But I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge, and I, I tweeted during the game, Lamarcus Aldridge left his game in Portland. I don't know where Lamarcus Aldridge is in his head. Um, I still don't understand why a guy who's six foot eleven keeps shooting freaking fadeaway jumpers. I don't understand. I mean, maybe somebody can. I'm not six eleven. I haven't been six eleven. I probably won't grow to be six eleven. But I don't understand how somebody that big shoots fadeaway jumpers when you got a small dude on him. At one point in time, they threw the ball in the post to him, and he had Clay Thompson on his back, and he shot a fadeaway. I that I did. Clay Thompson's what six 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 seven maybe. Come on, man. Um, I think Lamarcus Aldridge is intimidated by Draymond Green. I don't have anything to confirm that, but I just he looks timid out there. Um, but to answer the question, I think if Kawhi plays, I think it goes six. Um, and I definitely think Golden State loses game one. Do they lose, oh, yeah. you know, by 20 or anything? No, I, I think Golden State probably would close the lead, but they would have lost game one and they would have been on their heels and they would have gotten the shock um, that they maybe that they needed to kind of jolt themselves or what have you like that. But um, but no, I think 
I think Kawhi, him not being there does make a huge difference. Now, Ken, I will agree. Uh, they have a really good team going forward. Uh, Pop put some guys in there, and I, I don't know if it's because he just like maybe he was just waving a white flag, or he didn't he, he didn't have anything else to lose. But he's that that young Murray kid. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he's got some players that who got a lot of experience uh, here. Um, they don't know what's going to happen with Ginobili. I, I know Ginobili's going to take some time. He's you know, I think he just finished his 18th season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and shout out to Ginobili. If last night was his final game, man, shout out to Manu Ginobili, uh, one of the greatest players in Spurs history, uh, definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think anybody would have envisioned that he had the career that he had. Uh, and he, he has just been tremendous and Olympian, but five-time champion. Um, yeah, shout out to him. Um so I think I think the Spurs are in a good space, but I think that they may have to and I don't want to be a prison of the moment, but I think they might have to look into moving. I mean, kind of seeing what you can get. And I don't know. Obviously, salaries would have to match up and things like that. But Aldridge, man, Aldridge just has not been the same consistently since he left Portland. And I know this is not what they signed up for. I mean, like. There's no way that you in an elimination game that a guy of his caliber should be getting eight points. He had eight points last night. Wow. So, I mean, and again, shooting fadeaway jumpers. And again, I, he's always, at least in the time that he's been in San Antonio, from what I've seen, he's always seemed to come up small against Draymond Green, which is mind boggling to me because he's bigger than Draymond Green. But I don't know, man. I'm not. I, I think the future's bright. You know, Spurs are going to reload. There'll be another 50-win team. Kawhi had a great season. Nothing to hang their heads on. I don't think that they would have beaten Golden State with a healthy Parker and with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. But I think it would have gone six. And they would have scared the hell out of Golden State because there's no way that Kawhi, if Kawhi Leonard does not go down in game one, there's no way that I think that Golden State comes back. Against most teams, they can erase a 20-point lead. Against the Spurs, I don't think that's happening, at least not in that particular game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of offseason off moves they make and what happens with LaMarcus Aldridge. I know he's under contract, but um, I would not be surprised if they start you know, making some phone calls because you, you, you can't you – have, you have the floor to do what it is that you want to do. I mean, it was – last night was his time to try. Even if, even if they lose – if you're Lamar- LaMarcus Aldridge, you got to put up 30 shots. I mean, eight points, that's just not going to cut it, man. It's just not. So, also in the NBA last week, uh, since the last time we spoke, uh, the NBA draft lottery uh, happened. Um, as many of you know, Boston came away with the number one pick. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers are picking at number two. This is a guard-heavy uh, draft coming up in a few weeks. Uh, I think, well, actually, it's next month. Um, so Boston, it put, finds themselves in a very precarious situation. Uh, Boston is a team that obviously is in the Eastern conference finals. So they're probably going to be good for a while here. And they have the number one pick and they also have another additional number one pick in, in the 2018 draft. Um, with so many of the, uh, uh, I guess prognosticators thinking that the, uh, consensus number one pick would be uh, Markel Fultz from uh, Washington. Um, 
you know, Celtics already have a point guard. So I guess the question I want to throw to you guys, B, I'll start with you. What should Boston do with that number one pick? I think they should trade it. I mean, because if you get folks, I mean, you pretty much have a taller version of Isaiah Thomas. Um, I would say trade it, man. If you can bring over someone like a, if if Paul George is is there waiting, if he's if you if you able to pull off a trade, you know, where you can send that first pick and get Paul George, mm-hmm. I say do it. I say why not? Because um, it's just like most of the you know guys that are you know, top draft picks are like all guards. You know what I'm right. saying? And, you know, you would think Celtics would be okay with Bradley and Isaiah as they, as they backcourt, you know. Um, it's not like it's a it's a power forward or a center that's like, you know, top one, one, two, or third pick worthy, you know. So I say trade it, man. They can just trade it and get them a, a, a dope small forward, power forward type players. Some, some you know, small forward like, like Paul George. I think that'd be good, man. I think, I think, I think that that's just me. I think they should okay, trade. Okay, so let me give you a follow-up question. Uh, if you keep the pick, I'm excuse me. If you keep Isaiah Thomas on the on the squad, because that nationally, there's been some talk about mm-hmm. whether or not they should keep trade Isaiah him. Thomas, which which is crazy to us because Isaiah Thomas is an All Star. He is the single handedly reason why they are in the playoffs, or, or at least one of the main reasons why they're in the playoffs. But with his contract coming up in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be looking for a max deal. And yep. can you pay a guy forty million dollars a year who's only five foot nine and doesn't play any defense? Right. I mean, money wise, it makes sense why you was you know why damn why you can say that mm-hmm. because um you know like you said because of his height his size he sometimes he can be a defensive liability. You don't want to pay someone forty million dollars that's a defensive liability. And what I've noticed. You know, since game three and so far today, you know, the ball is moving around a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly, you know, I knew that's where you were going. Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, being so he's so, so good offensively, I think sometimes the rest of the players kind of rely on him a little too much. And, you know, offensively, the ball doesn't move around like it should. It get down to like eight seconds or six seconds on the shot clock and they just give to Isaiah and be like, all right, Isaiah score. And then like, you know, <laughs> he's, and then especially in the fourth quarter, cause we all know he, they call him Mr. Fourth quarter for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I noticed since he's been gone, you know, this, the ball and the offense, like it's flowing a little better <laughs> with this Celtic squad, man, since he's been gone, man. So, you know, it, it makes sense. I can see. And then money wise, I, I, like you said, I don't see if they want to pay him that much. Um, you know, and not to take away what Isaiah Thomas has been doing the past couple of seasons. He's been he's been amazing, man. Seeing that dude five nine and, and balling the way he's balling. But yeah, like I said, if you keep that and you pick you pick Fultz, it's just like, you know, what are you what are you doing at this point? You pretty much drafted a another prototype, uh, you know, a shoot first point guard slash shooting guard. You know, so I say trade it, trade the pick. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Um, Markel folks is sitting there. You know, you you got uh, you got the pro- the possibility of having to the, at least the prospect of having to re-sign Isaiah Thomas down the road. Uh, what do you do, what do you and you have a, a, another number one pick in the 2018 draft? Um, what do you do with that pick? You're Danny Ainge. Yeah, I think this is simple for me, man. I think you go ahead and and I, this draft is loaded, so you go ahead and get talent while the talent is available. 
We've seen drafts where, it, you know, we've had weak drafts. So go ahead and get Fultz, which everybody is pretty much saying. Uh, Fultz, Ball, and uh, the other kid, I can't think of his name. But Fox. pretty much it's real. Yeah, Fox. And uh, Jackson. Jackson. And Jackson, but yeah, yeah, from It's Kansas. really between the three of them, right? So I say go ahead and get Fultz. You already know or seen the type of problems you can run into in the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas. He can get you there, but can he get you over the hump? Um, and I think we kind of almost have an answer to that. So I say go ahead and draft Fultz, and you don't even have to play him early. You can, you know, uh, bring him along slowly like they did with Jalen Brown. And next thing you know, in a couple of years, you have Jalen Brown, you have Marquez Fultz, you have a number one pick next year. So you can really draft your big three if next year's mm-hmm. draft is good. So I say, uh, I say keep it and draft Fultz. Yeah, I, I would agree, man. I think it, it's a it's it's a good problem to have. Um, I think if you if I think you got to draft Fultz and then see what happens, because um, you still have another year to kind of play around to figure out what it, what it is you can or can't do with Isaiah Thomas. Um, and it, it, even just saying that sounds funny, man, because it's like wow, this this dude, this five foot nine dude, really put this team on his back, and you know they could very well be showing him the door. Uh, you know, in another year or so. Um, but I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's what's going to be key is how far Boston can go. Um, much like B, I, I'm not, I, and I try not to be a prisoner of the moment, but this team, I mean, we know Isaiah Thomas is ball dominant, but this team has, has really looked different, you know, against, you know, the best team in the Eastern Conference uh in the short in in a, in a short window but they've looked really really good without him now could they keep this up over a you know 82 game season i don't know but i think and and that also speaks to the the coaching of Brad Stevens Brad Stevens is a great coach um and i think people are, are realizing that uh right now but i'd keep the pick i'd keep the pick and i just you know i'd like Ken said i'd go ahead and, and run with it and then see what you can get later down the line because I think you can always make a move. I just don't. I don't know that you can max out Isaiah Thomas. I just don't. Um, maybe he doesn't ask for a max, <laughs> but I think he will. <laughs> but um, also in, in the NBA draft, uh, excuse me, in the NBA lottery, as I mentioned, the LA Lakers uh, will be drafting number two. So Magic Johnson is coming in at number two. The uh, feeling around. You know, around NBA circles and, you know, the hyperbole has been that the Lakers should take uh, your man Lonzo Ball at number two. Um, Ken, is he necessarily a lock to become a Laker? Yeah. Yeah, this is done. Yeah, Magic, Magic, I think Magic loves Lonzo. And I think a lot of it is going to depend on LeVar, but I I know Magic, you know, he's not going to pull up with LeVar crap. And LeVar have to tap out and once and, and let that man go on to be a man, and I think he will. Um, but for me, man, I, I think the car it fell the way it needed to fall. I think Boston can go ahead and get the guy that they want, and you know the Lakers can get the guy that they want. Now, you guys were talking about a few seconds ago trading that pick. Maybe the Lakers and Boston swap picks, and you know Danny Ainge get him some more draft picks somewhere down the line. Um, so they can ensure that they get Lonzo Ball. But yeah, I'm pretty. I'm positive that Lonzo 
is going to be a, a Laker unless he does something crazy. <laughs> no, his dad will. <laughs> B, what about you, man? Alonzo uh, Ball, do you think he's a lock to be the next Laker? Yeah, because I saw something where I think they were looking at possibly trading uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, okay. So, you know, that when I saw like something like about, you know, I saw that, I was like, okay, that's an indication that they're probably getting ready to draft Lonzo and kind of, you know, to go, go for it with, <laughs> with D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know if that's going to really happen or not, if they're going to really ship him out or put him at the two or keep Clarkston or. Can or, he play the two? Um, you said Kenny. Yeah, he probably could. I mean, cause he has times where he's like a shoot first guard. Um, but I mean, I say why not just stick with Clarkson? Uh, I think Clarkson to fit more at the two mm-hmm. position. He's come um, on at the end of the season too. Right. So, um, you know, but yeah, I think Lonzo is gonna be. A, I think he's gonna stay. He gonna just like his dad said. He, said he was gonna do. He's gonna stay. A, uh, stay in L.A. You know. So you know, stay at home, and and, and we gonna see if Lonzo can. Do what he do. Do what he do. He's predicting them to be a playoff team in, in this rookie year with that with that lineup with that with that same lineup. So in the West, nah, right, in the West. So you know, I mean, you know, you know, you know, Levar gonna say some crazy. This is just the beginning. I tweeted this like a, like a couple weeks ago. I said, man, I hope the NBA ready for Levar Ball. And I said, especially if Lonzo end up a Laker. I said, boy, we gonna be hearing, we are gonna be hearing his mouth. Oh my God! And and not to mention his sons that's getting ready to play for uh, UCLA. So it's like, man, we getting ready to hear his mouth. I hope y'all ready because he already got his foot in the door now. You know, unless unless an NBA exec or someone just chin check him and say, "Look, mm-hmm. shut the bleep up." Uh, we we gonna be hearing Lavar's mouth. They gonna be yeah, yeah. he's gonna and at every game he's gonna they gonna probably interview him more than they gonna interview Lonzo. Like, okay, so Lavar, what you think about something, something, something? Right, right, I, right. Why? Why you think the Lakers are not in the playoffs? And then you know he's gonna say something off the wall and crazy. We're gonna be like, oh my god. Speaking of Levar Ball, he needs to kind of uh, watch his mouth, man. Because I, them words he said about Kyrie. Did y'all see that? Y'all read yeah, that? Yeah, saw that. Saw that. that. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. He, go, he went too far. Yeah, he went. He went way too. But we far. keep saying that, and he keeps talking. Every time we say he went too far, he, he goes even further. I mean, but but that he went far, man. I mean, I didn't mind the 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 uh, what's her name from Fox Sports One. I didn't mind that, but yeah, that that situation with Kyrie, what he was saying. I mean, you are gonna speak like that? Then you don't even do your research like that, man. It's like, come on, dude. So, yeah, man, stop it, <laughs> stop, dude. You just, you just, you just getting a shovel and you burying yourself. What the mm-hmm. hell was that, Kyrie? Yeah, and the Lakers and the Lakers don't take too kind. To, I mean, like they they're not they handle business a certain way, and they, and and all of that that he's bringing to the table. They, I don't think that that's gonna be cool. So he's he's, he's gonna definitely have to, he'll have to tone it down, and more so he'll also have to just kind of step back and let his son be be who he is, you know. So um, I think uh, I think I wouldn't say it's a lock, but I would be surprised at this point if he did not become a a Laker, um, unless somebody just really really showed out in their uh camps or what have you uh pre-draft workouts um you know i know that they they have the they've got well they know they've got the small forward that they want 
So um, the Jackson kid from KU, I think he would. I think it, well, he would be a great fit because. But I, I love I love De'Aaron Fox's game. Um, he's fast with the ball. He gets up and down the floor. Um, I'm not sure how what the Lakers are looking to do offensively. You know, as far as Luke Walton is concerned, if he wants to, you know, keep the kind of offense that they have. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that if you draft a kid like De'Aaron Fox or Alonzo Ball, that you're going to push the you're going to push the tempo. You're going to get up and down the court. And then the Lakers are relatively young, so uh, I, I would like I said I wouldn't say it's a lot, but I would definitely say that it would be. I would be surprised if it didn't happen. What up? Dude? We got somebody. We got we okay. We got Q on Q. What's up, man? You you what joining up, us joining us, ladies and gentlemen, is our homie man. We call him Q. Uh, our boy Q, the sixth man. Q, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Just chilling. Uh, been a minute, bro. Where you been? It has been a second. You know, just watching hoops, man. That's all we do. That's what we're doing right now. Um, we're just talking. Uh, uh, we were just talking about Boston. Uh, uh, so give us your take. Uh, two questions. Uh, if Boston, since Boston has won the lottery, what do you what do you think that they should do with the number one pick? And then, uh, do you think Lonzo is a lock to become a Laker? Yeah, they should go Markel Fultz. I think he's the most complete player in the draft. I think he's the best player in the draft. I think he has the highest upside of any player in the draft. Um, there's this narrative going around that Lonzo Ball makes his teammates better and that Markel Fultz is simply just this score and whatnot, and that's all he can do. I think that's complete BS. I think that's really undervaluing Markel Fultz as a prospect and just uh, somebody that we could see in the league one day. Markel Fultz, I challenge anybody to name me one player besides him off that Washington team. And <laughs> now, with, without a Google, without you know a Bing, I don't care what search engine you use, there is no way that you, even if you, even the most diehard hoops fans I know, cannot name two players off that Washington team because they were a bunch of scrubs. They have a scrub program, and that's why they fired the coach. The program was so bad that they literally had the number one. Uh, re- recruit and Michael Porter coming out next year and they say you know what we're gonna just risk it all and fire this coach instead of having to lock down this number one pick because Michael Porter came to Washington because he liked the coach they said we don't care the coach is that bad we have to get him out of here and now mm. Michael Porter has committed to Missouri because he's been scorned by that decision so he decommitted from Washington that speaks volumes so Markel Fultz was in a bad program, averaged 26, 6, and 6. And he had nobody around him. He's one of the, probably the most fluid point guard prospects I've seen since I started really doing prospect watch over the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. He can dribble. He, he has a handle. He can bring the ball up the floor. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid-range. He has even a little bit of a post game for a point guard at 6-5. And the way he gallops down the court, it looks effortless. So Boston would be hard-pressed to pass on somebody who averaged 26-6-6 and on that Washington team. And he's looking to pass sometimes, but he knows that he had to score because his team was just just that bad. You put him in a Brad Stevens system, I think you see a a, a potential superstar. I think a transcendent player, just someone who the game comes incredibly easy to him. Now, when you talk about the Lakers, no, I don't think it's a lot. There's a couple of... uh, a couple of you know components to this draft that I think the Lakers are looking at, and one of them has to be LeVar Ball. I don't care what no one says. All the favorite pundits will say, oh, well, talent, who cares? If, if, like, if, if Lonzo's talent speaks, 
then it speaks. I've done hours and hours and hours of, of tape on Lonzo Ball. I like him as a player. I've kind of I've kind of simmered down on Lonzo Ball as much as I was a couple months ago because that game against De'Aaron Fox in Kentucky showed me that that Lonzo had NBA shooters around him. He had people mm-hmm. like Bryce Alford. He had TJ Leaf. He had he was another great guard right beside him, and he kept deferring and deferring and deferring. He literally made uh, the other guy. Uh, I can't remember his, his. I can't remember his name. No disrespect, but he made his other guard, his two guard, take the ball up, up the floor to get Fox off him in the second half. He was scared. Ooh, the dunk. <laughs> oh my god. And he was just scared, man. He was a, he was terrified of De'Aaron Fox because De'Aaron Fox was getting in his grill. Another thing, what I was touching on earlier was LeVar Ball. I don't care what no one says, man. That is something that you don't want in the locker room. That is something that you do not want to wake up to as a GM and hear, oh, LeVar Ball just said that they're not passing Lonzo LeBall because he's black. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they don't – he doesn't <laughs> want to hear that shit. Like, right. like, it just doesn't make sense. They don't want to hear, you know – you wake up one morning and LeVar says, oh, well, Luke Walton can't coach anyway. What has he done? He couldn't even beat LeBron in the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, that 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 type of stuff ruins a locker room's chemistry. And that type of stuff puts an arrow on your son's back. And LeVar needs to watch that stuff because he's already pissed off Kyrie, LeBron, and Steph Curry. Magic Johnson, who's the GM of the Lakers, saying that Alonzo's better than Magic. He's doing all this stuff. And I don't care. People say it's just theatrics. And to a certain ex- extent, stuff like that is good for the league. But the moment that you start disrespecting people's deceased m- mothers and stuff, that's the moment that you started getting into territory where you're going to get your son hurt on, on the court. Or right. you're, you're going to get, you know, some guy who plays two minutes a game and checks in simply to check Lonzo when he goes up for a dunk. Or simply to throw an elbow at, at Lonzo when he goes in, into the lane. That type of stuff plays into your, into your decision. And that's just for prospects. Josh Jackson, to me, if he can get his jumper down, and by the way, we don't know if Lonzo's jumper is going to translate because Lonzo cannot go to the left when he's uh, when he's run off the three-point line. So him in pick and roll, him in his jumper, we don't know if that's going to translate at mm. all. Those type right. of things are things that need to be addressed because we see that his pick and roll numbers, and by the way, FIFO is like the Lonzo Ball fan club leader but Lonzo's <laughs> usage rate is 19% in college basketball. The, every other prospect is above 19%. No prospect has ever had a 19% usage rate and has been anything below a rotational player from what we've seen of the analytics of the of the prospects dating back to, I think it was, 86. You don't do 19% in college and then just become this amazing guy. It's very rare there's been guys who've been 20%, 25%, so there is a margin of error. All I'm saying is that those 20% guys are people like Drexler, people like Hakeem. Like, those are those type of transcendent players. And I don't know if Lonzo Ball is a transcendent player. The more I look at him, the more I look at as maybe a third option on the championship team, maybe a fourth option, if we're being real. He has, he has great speed and transition. He can pass the ball, but you take away – you know, his role players and you relegate him to being the guy who runs the show. I don't think he's built like that. To be so honest with you, I don't think he's built for that show. I think Markel Fultz is built for that because bigger body, stronger, can go to the rack, more athletic, can pass if he needs to, better shooter, more fluid on offense. 
and he's amazing in the pick and roll with scrubs on his team. So De'Aaron Fox, if he goes in there and he works out for LA and they he just you know shows off and Magic loves the fact that he's the fastest player in the draft. If Magic loves the fact that Josh Jackson has shown improvement in his jumper, I think Josh Jackson's the second best prospect in this draft, hands down. Six eight defensive dog on the wing. You cannot get past him. Amazing athleticism. There's just so many factors factoring into what Magic Johnson wants in a player. And I think LeVar, Lonzo's mechanics as a shooter and what he did against Kentucky, I think those things factor in. I think you have to do your due diligence on other prospects instead of just labeling you know, Lonzo the, the, the chosen one because he played basketball in Los Angeles. Are you trying to sell tickets or are you trying to win rings? And I think that's right. where, uh, where Magic has a decision. Yeah, it's definitely a decision to make, and and I, I don't think it's a as I mentioned earlier, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion or a lock per se. Uh, you know, the consensus seems to be that way, but we know a lot of stuff will happen in between now and then because we've got a little less than a month left before the uh, NBA draft. Um, now, as far as the, uh, as far as the what happened last week, the all NBA teams were were named. Um, which, is, which you know always happens around this time of year, and and every every year there's some type of uh, controversy, if you will. If you miss the list, I will run them down for you. Uh, first team: James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Second team: Isaiah Thomas, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, and uh, the Greek Freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think I pronounced that right. Um, <laughs> uh, third team. DeMar DeRozan, uh, Butler, Jay Butler, that's Jimmy Butler, I'm sorry, uh, uh, John Wall, Draymond Green, and DeAndre Jordan. So with those names being listed out, be were you surprised? Do, it, anybody do you think got snubbed that probably should have made it that didn't make it? Um... Uh, I think I was I'm pretty okay with that. I mean, DeRozan had probably I think it's a career year. Um, I know many people were saying Clay, but um, I thought De- no. DeRozan. Right, right. I was just like, no, nah, I don't know why people was well, not really people. Mainly just Draymond Green, and I'm saying, <laughs> and of course they're his teammates. Of course they're going to act like they're going to have his back. But um, yeah, I I guess I'm pretty. I'm pretty cool. Uh, you know what? I'll take that back. I'm surprised. Uh, what's my man from Miami? Uh, the center. Whiteside. What? Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I would have I probably had him over DeAndre. That's just me. That's just me. Man, I mean, that's a little bit of, I guess, a little bit of favoritism because I like Whiteside. Um, but I would probably had him at, at the third team. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's probably going to make an all-defensive team. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm cool. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm fine. I mean, to be and to be honest with you, I've never really cared for these all NBA team selections. Really, mm-hmm. like you know, I just see them. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> them. okay, okay. What about you, Q? Uh, any any surprises? Anybody uh, snubbed uh, that you thought should have made it that did not make it? No, nah, I think everything was good. Um, I wasn't really upset at anybody being snubbed or anything. So, like, my take oh. on this is pretty. Lukewarm. I think it was just a good, solid uh, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's one guy 
because B already mentioned Cousins, but we knew he's not going to make it. He had too many problems this year. Um, uh, obviously, a, uh, I, I think for me it would have been Carl Anthony Towns. I thought mm-hmm. he had a, a, a great year this year and was deserving of a, of a look. I think you could have put him in there in place of DeAndre Jordan. Um, but, you know, outside of Uh-oh. that, I think it was uh, – you know, I think it was okay. I mean, DeRozan was was questionable, Ooh. you know, but um, and I think Paul George could have deserved that spot, but that's that's about it. Yeah, I think. Um, I, I mean, obviously, Paul with Paul George not making it, uh, that cost him financially. Um, I oh, never, I, much like Q, I I didn't have a problem with the list either. Um, um who else? I, I thought. I know Draymond was bumping for uh, he was bumping for Clay. Um, I would have. Uh, mm. Could I put Clay on that? I don't. If if I think if I take if if you if you want to and my my question would have been to Draymond if you want to put Clay on the team then who do you take off? Mm. Um, you know now if you if you if you had to if I had to take if I could just take anybody off I would have taken. Um, DeAndre Jordan off, but you know if you do that, then who do you you know it, do you have to replace him with another center? Um, but uh, but now nah, other than that, I, I thought that like you be, I don't really pay a lot of attention to it, but I think the the list I thought was kind of cool. I, I didn't I didn't really you know it it, it didn't. It, I don't think there was any major. I think the thing that made the most news was the fact that Paul George did make it. And obviously that cost him and and it could have, and we'll see over this summer. Him and Um, Haywood. Him and uh, yeah, Gordon. um, um, It may have cost them the, or cost their prospective teams, uh, the Pacers and the Utah Jazz, the ability to sign them to long-term deals. So we'll definitely see how that plays out Uh, over in the NFL, man. Um, Blaine Gabbert made some news. Uh, he latched on with another team. Uh, as many of you know, uh, maybe not know, Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback uh, last year for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, you probably don't know much about Blaine Gabbert because he backed up Colin Kaepernick. Uh, now, I tied these two together because Blaine Gabbert just signed with the Arizona Cardinals and Colin Kaepernick does not have a job. He is still unemployed. Um, we were told, uh, over the past few weeks, uh, that, you know, some of the quote unquote dominoes had to fall with some of the other quarterbacks, uh, you know, as far as deciding on where they were going to go. And, you know, we saw Romo, Romo was one of the dominoes, um, because obviously Romo, you know, moved to the booth and he's retired. Um, and then we had, you know, Jay Cutler, uh, did what he's doing, (laughs) Uh, so you had these dominoes, these perspective dominoes falling as far as the quarterback carousel, uh, goes, but like I said, Blaine Gabbert, um, is a guy who backed up Colin Kaepernick and he now has a job. So B I'll throw it to you then. Why does Colin Kaepernick not have a job? I mean, we all know why, uh, <laughs> but I would like to see him. I think that would be dope if he, if he signs with, uh, Seattle, um, I hope they do sign him on as a backup. I think that would be. I think that would be great. I think it would be cool if they sign him in RG three as backups. So do you think? You, so you think Colin Kaepernick is going to land in Seattle? I don't. I, I would hope. I mean, I, I don't. 
I can't really say I think because at this point I st- I think he's gonna get blackballed. That's just my opinion. But um, I, it would be dope if, if Seattle would take him on as a backup behind uh, Russell Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah, we all know why. I mean, you know all the controversy that he had last year with the kneeling and stuff, and you know now he says he's not kneeling no more because he felt like he got the message across, which he did because he brought some attention to it. And but the thing I like about it, he's still out there. You know, making make putting his you know money where his mouth is mm-hmm. and making his actions speak loud in his words. You know what I'm saying? He's still out there helping the community and helping the, you know the inner cities and everything, which is so dope. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we all know why he still you don't have a job yet. Um, but like I said, um, damn, this fool Kyrie is a hell of a finisher. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, we know, man. It's just. You know, it's just what he was, what he was, you know, fighting for, and what he, what his, his statements he was making in the NBA season, man. But that's why it's a shame how some of these bum quarterbacks who haven't proved anything or done anything, where we've seen Colin Kaepernick for a season or season and a half, you know, lead teams to Super Bowls and lead teams to playoffs. Even though I, me myself, I was very critical of <laughs> Kaepernick as a player. Just as a player, you know, I, I didn't mind the stuff that he did off the field. I loved it. But as a pl- player, I was always the main one saying, all right, the first season he shocked everyone. I said, watch, these coordinators going to have film on them, and look what happened the next yep, season. you said it. And So, you know, even though I was tough on him as a player, I, I still – just what he's been doing for the inner city and the, and the youth, I want him to get a job still. And I'm still rooting for – for Colin Kaepernick, and I hope he start the season up either cornrows or afro. Either, either <laughs> just be as black as you can, brother. Be as black as you can. I love it. What about you, Q? Uh, why does Colin Kaepernick not have a job? And, and do you think he's going to land somewhere? Uh, yeah, Kyle, like, I don't know. Like, the way I, I think about it is um, simple and plain, just, just like this. The way that Colin Kaepernick did his protest last year, it was very like flamboyant. It was very to the point, and he didn't mince words in any of his interviews or anything that led up to um, a lot of other players speaking on things of, of that nature. And we saw that players, when they do things like that, they they get blackballed. Um, just talking strictly on the field production standpoint, Colin Kaepernick is not a horrible quarterback. I challenge any quarterback to get behind that. 49ers line and try to throw over 60% (laughs) like that's you know um they benched him because they said he wasn't producing enough and then they put Blaine Gabbard in there I'm 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 sorry uh, that was last that was the season before last so yeah two seasons ago they benched him for Blaine Gabbard then they brought Kaepernick in this season because they thought they could give him a little boost the way I just feel about people like Blaine Gabbert getting jobs is the same way I feel about people like Mike Lennon getting contracts in the NFL mm-hmm. from the Chicago Bears. They haven't proven anything. They haven't done anything. We're still talking about their potential by the time they're 32 to 33 years old. Right. It's just like just, just look at Jay Cutler. People right. continue to talk about Jay Cutler and what his potential could be in the NFL. That man is almost 40 years old, has a 401, 1K, 10 kids and all this stuff. But we want to act like he's this young, budding, 22-year-old NFL quarterback. And that's just not what he is. So I'm outraged by it, but I'm not surprised that Colin Kaepernick does not have a job yet. If the Seahawks 
would like to take a stand and sign him as their backup. They do need a backup quarterback, and I think that he would actually fit in quite well because Russell can run. You know, Russell runs a very hybrid offense between an option and knows how to actually throw the ball. So I think Kaepernick could come in and learn at least 75% of that playbook already being in San Francisco with Harbaugh. Uh, the playbooks aren't that different because they both want to. They both run a West Coast style offense. Um, I'm very. I, I have. I have a lot to say about it, but I'll just close with this. All I know is that if Colin Kaepernick came out in support of like the troops and like said that he's only gonna, you know, wear uh, you know army hats to support the troops, and you know every every post game interview he's 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 gonna shout out the troops and all that stuff. People would be, you know, on their hands and knees acting like he's you know, Christ in a, you know, jersey. But the fact that he stood up for a cause that he felt was not getting enough attention, that he felt the NFL ignores, he felt that fans ignore. And let's not forget that Colin Kaepernick did this and he didn't want any of the attention. The reporters came to him. Let's be, let's be very clear. The, the reporters came to him. He, he had been sitting on that bench in preseason for two games prior. So this isn't like uh, just a guy searching for attention. People like uh, that Whitlock dude on Fox News says, or not Fox News, well, it might as no, well be. No. Um, you know, people like him will, will, will say that it's just for attention. Colin Kaepernick came out for an issue that he felt was not being addressed, felt as though American citizens were not, were not getting their just due under the law, and he brought attention to it. And you see that a lot of players now are starting to get active in the communities. See that a lot of players are starting to do things like this. Malcolm Jenkins for the Eagles, he's starting to give back to the to the city more. He's starting to adopt some um you know some schools and you know take them up under his wing and all that stuff. And I love that. So Colin Kaepernick has had a positive effect. And if you're saying that Colin Kaepernick's protest was stupid or unnecessary, then you're saying that the issue that he was uh, protesting is not important. You know, man, I, I think that. I, I, I mean, I think it's simple, man. Q, Q said it all, but for me, um, Gabbard is not a perceived threat, and uh, Kaep- Kaepernick is. And um, I think he'll get a call. I think Seattle will, will make that call. They've been talking him up, and I think part of that is to um, basically feel what the city will will feel about it. Look, we all know why, and for me, we've, we've talked about it on this show um, in the past. We know he's being blackballed, but what I like about what's happening now is that we're starting to have more and more NFL players speak up about it, and that's ultimately what we need. And I think that now what we're seeing is that we're seeing them use his ability to play as a reason to not sign him so they can always hide behind that. And I like that there are other people pointing out, well, if you can sign Gabbert, who was actually benched in favor of Kaepernick, why can't you sign Kaepernick? So um, I think Seattle will sign him. I try my best to be optimistic. Um, in this case, I'm very pessimistic. Uh, I there's, there's several layers to this for me um i was 
very I was confused because over the last two weeks, first the narrative was, well, nobody's calling Kaepernick. Nobody's calling Kaepernick. And then that made the news. And, you know, they were like, okay, well, nobody's called Kaepernick. Nobody's called Kaepernick. And then all of a sudden, and I and I have a and I, I hate to do this, but I gotta I gotta call him out. Dr. Harry Edwards. Um, if you don't know who he is, Google him, um, especially while, while you listen to this podcast. Uh, Dr. Harry Edwards is one of the most positive uh, social people uh, in this country. Um, he's done a lot for human rights, black rights, the, the movement, the whole nine. But Dr. Harry Edwards is a sociologist who works for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Dr. Harry Edwards is or was labeled as Colin Kaepernick's advisor. He said, you know, right. It was like on a Monday, the stories came out that nobody had contacted Kaepernick. Harry Edwards comes out and says on like that following Thursday after this media storm has been created that two teams reached out to him and he spoke on Kaepernick's behalf. But he told them, well, one of the questions that they asked was, is he serious about playing? Because. That was another narrative, as you mentioned, Ken, that they were trying to spin that, you know, with him doing all of this stuff off the field that, you know, is his level of focus. Does he still want to play football? I mean, really, man? I mean, real. do you really have to question whether or not Colin Kaepernick wants to play football? Nonetheless, Harry Edwards, who is supposed to be an advisor to Colin Kaepernick, answered the question by saying, I don't know. Now, that made me scratch my head. Uh, Ken and B, you guys have my phone number. If ESPN called you tomorrow and said, hey, I want to inquire about Kyle and whether or not he may be interested in working for us at ESPN. Um, if either one of you said, well, I don't know if you want to work for ESPN. <laughs> I mean, think about how dumb that is. Yeah. And this guy <laughs> is supposed to be an advisor to Colin Kaepernick. So I have a huge problem with that. I have a huge problem with the way that the media spun this. So to me, being pessimistic, it looks as if Harry Edwards came with his story only because the NFL was getting heat because Colin Kaepernick's phone has not rung. To this point, at the time of this recording, no team has reached out to Colin Kaepernick. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks have talked him up. Pete Carroll has talked him up, but nobody has called Colin Kaepernick. If you watch football, there's no way that Blaine Gabbert should be on an NFL team before Colin Kaepernick. And that's not to say that Colin Kaepernick is the next Joe Montana, but damn, come on, man. This dude can still play football. Like you said, Ken, I've heard all of the, the excuses. Oh, well, does he want to play? Somebody mentioned the fact that he was a vegan. Somebody mentioned the fact, well, he's lost a lot of weight from being a vegan. You know, does he have the muscle mass to play football? Who cares about muscle mass? I mean, it's like you're looking for whatever. I would be more. I would be more content and more happier if they if someone from the NFL office and said, look, we don't want Colin Kaepernick on our teams. I respect that. I would respect that because at least you would be man enough to put it out there. But all of these anonymous sources and everything, nah, man, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining because that's exactly what the NFL is doing. Now, I would love to see Colin Kaepernick get a job. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, there's a lot of time between now and the time the NFL season starts. As we all know, 
quarterbacks go down left and right. A lot of times quarterbacks go down in camp. So there will be other opportunities. But the fact that his phone has not rung to this point and that BS story that Harry Edwards put out there, it looks like a conspiracy to me. I would just rather you just tell me, hey, we ain't messing with him. We're not we're not touching him. Okay, cool. We can move on. But to put out the narrative as if you care when you clearly don't care, like I said, man, you pissing on me and tell me it's raining. I, I was born at night, not at, not last night. You you can't get that one over on me. So I'm hopeful that it'll happen, but I'm not holding my breath. I'm just not. Anyway, time for our closing thoughts. Uh, B, you're up first. Uh, what's on your mind? Give us your closing thoughts. Man, I hate I didn't get these this guy's name. But it was a boxing match that happened oh. on, that happened on <laughs> Showtime, and the guy got disqualified because you know he kind of I I don't think he intentionally punched this guy this guy late after the he bell late twice though yeah no the first one was before the bell that second one yeah it was after the bell but he was already in the punching motion mm-hmm. so like I don't know man it, it, I don't I, and I and he was very sorry like you could tell he was very apologetic i don't think he meant to really hit him after the bell but the guy uncle came over there and act like he was all love like it's okay and sucker punched him gave him a quick two-piece oh man Man, and when they showed in slow motion it's funnier i mean it is some funny stuff i've seen man like that was oh my god it it was hilarious but um yeah i I just that's my final thought i just thought that was hilarious uh terrence crawford uh box again showing why he is Gonna be one of the pound for pounds uh, best boxers um, today, uh, you know, currently. Um, and also, Errol Spence Jr. and Kell Brook is fighting this weekend. Um, uh, Errol, Errol Spence Jr. is gonna do work, um, which I which is expected. Um, and uh, one of Floyd's fighters, uh, Davis, he uh, fought this past weekend as well and, and put on a good show um, at the uh, super lightweight. So you know, yeah, just boxing. I just thought that uh, my man Uncle. He was. It was just like a black man. It was so it was black. Nice it was so black, man. He just came over there like, kid me, you know, bam, bam, and just gave yeah. him two piece, dude. That was so funny. But you know, he was just taking up for his for his for his nephew, man. His nephew got sucker punch, so he felt like he wanted to retaliate. You know, it just unfortunately he. Hey, dude he got threw, a great chin too, because he yeah, he, that yeah, dude, he threw right. haymaker. But you know, and unfortunately, I think he was. I think he was going to jail. Like he let his emotions get the best of him, and now he's you know going to jail and or whatever. But it ain't like you know what's funny, B, is that he got out of the arena that and 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 the cops couldn't find him. And to to my knowledge, they still haven't found him. Yeah, they still haven't found him yet. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Warren's been out because I mean, at the end of the day, is assault still. But you know, right. he just taking up for his nephew. But I just thought that was hilarious, so I had to say that for my final thought. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, Q, what about you, man? What's your final thought? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, man. Sixers, don't be stupid. Just take Josh Jackson. Don't be stupid. Don't try to take a point guard that can't <laughs> shoot. I love, Thank love De'Aaron you, Fox. Thank I love you, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox is great. He's fast. He can defend. He can pass. But he cannot shoot. And you need a guard who can get beside Simmons when he's not holding the ball and just pop off on screens. And knock down threes and knock down jumpers. The Air Fox is not doing that. You see what Alfred Payton is doing in the in the league. Great defender, can pass the ball, can't shoot a lick, man. Josh Jackson is amazing from what I've Thank seen of his cute. floor. 
people are overthinking this. Don't hey, be Q. Q, I was saying like, this last week to FIFO, man. I'm like, I like they should get Josh Jackson. I like they should get Josh. You need Jackson. to just take Josh Jackson because then you can plug in Josh Jackson beside Embiid at at the small four, right? Or or you can put him at the three when Simmons is playing yep. point guard. Yes, and just have him out you, on man. wings. That's oh all you need God. to do. That's all I wish you need to do. Was on this call. Oh my God, I wish he was on this. Anybody, yeah, I said the same thing. Anybody who's saying Darren Fox is just looking for a plug-in, you know, is looking for a quick fix. And I don't even think it's a quick fix. I'd rather send money, you know, a max cash at Kyle Lowry than, you know, draft Darren Fox because Darren Fox just can't shoot right now. I think Darren Fox, is, uh, he suits a system like the Knicks better than he suits the Sixers. I think he'd be, actually be better in Boston than he would be in the, in the Sixers uniform because he has IT that he, that he could just dish to him, just play defense. And then he, he could guard ones and IT could play two. So Sixers do not overthink the draft. Josh Jackson is 6'8, 6'9. Yes. Shot 37% from three in the last uh, get month him. Of, of the. Hey, uh, y'all of better the get him. Tournament. And he's athletic. He guards wings. He can yep. guard one through three. He can guard two. He can guard two through fours. Damn near. Some fours too, man. Yeah. I've, seen him, I've seen him bring the ball up the floor. He can handle the ball. He, all he needs to do is just work on that jumper. Some people are scared that that jumper is not going to translate. But I have more faith in Josh Jackson being able to be at least a 31% three-point shooter in the NBA and just being an amazing slasher and being an amazing defender. I'll take that. Not every pick that we have to get needs to be a superstar. But I'll tell you this. Josh Jackson's floor to me reminds me of like an Eagle Dollar type with like a little bit of um, – just like coming out as prospects, Jimmy Butler and Eagle Dollar, just that 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 kind of hybrid person who can't really shoot right now, but you see that there's something there. They're athletic and they're strong. Six eight, six nine, can handle the ball. I want that. I don't want a point guard who can't shoot. Don't. There's no need to reach right now. If you want to trade Okafor and a couple picks to get back into the first round and take Monk, I'm with that too. But Sixers do not overthink this. Just draft Josh Jackson. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, Ken? What's your final thought? You know what? I actually think, I don't know how this game is going to end. It's 98-90 right now. And um, and I don't know how it's going to end. But I do know that if the Cavs stand the shot at the Warriors in, in the finals, this is great for them because of the way that Boston plays. Boston moves around a lot. So it's forcing the Cavs always, huh? Yeah, Golden State moves around a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is Switching. actually going to work. Could potentially help them in the next round should they get there. Also, uh, Joe Lacob, whoever the the Warriors um, general manager oh, no. is, mm-hmm. I I know you're saying that you want uh, LeBron the and the yeah. Cavs. And that's great, and that's fine, and you guys have KD, and yes, for all intents and purposes, you guys should win the finals, but don't give them bulletin board material. You don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. for me, just, just tread carefully, man. Sometimes you, you can... You can uh, be careful, be careful, what, careful you what you ask for, mm-hmm. bro. Right? Yeah, be careful what you ask for, yeah. So, it may work out. It may work out, but if it don't, those statements could come back to haunt you because yeah, man, Lakeham needs to shut up. It's always the owners who don't play, always talking trash. <laughs> um, I got actually two two final thoughts. 
Um, first final thought, man, Giselle Bunchen, uh, wife of NFL superstar Tom Brady. Uh, Giselle Bunchen did an interview uh, last week, and she mentioned the fact that, quote, her husband has suffered from several concussions and had a concussion last year. Uh, of course, that made headlines because Tom Brady, although he did show up on the injury report uh, several times during the 2016 season, never showed up for a concussion. In fact, the NFL went as far as to refute the, the fact that uh, Tom Brady has never had a quote unquote reported concussion. Um, I don't know who y'all fooling, but Giselle Bunchen isn't lying about Tom Brady having a concussion. In fact, I don't think Tom Brady's lying about not having a concussion. I don't think it's possible that he could have played football this long without having a concussion in the NFL. The problem here is, is that the NFL is so quick to protect their image. They will throw this woman up under the bus. And ultimately, they will throw Tom Brady up under the bus. So no matter how much we love or hate these current stars of today, 15, 20 years from now, they're going to be just like some of the same athletes that we see of today. Old, forgetful, crippled, because they're playing a violent sport. Now, of course, they've signed up for it. I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry but it's going to be really, really difficult for Giselle Bunchen to understand why her husband has all of these Super Bowl rings and he can't remember where he put them. Something to think about. But I believe Giselle, I don't think that he, she was lying about his concussions. I think the NFL, once again, cut, trying to cover their own tail. Uh, second thought. Uh when I was in college, and I'll make this quick. When I was in college, I, I graduated with a marketing degree. Uh, one of the first things that we learned in marketing is uh, about promotion and product. Uh, I got to salute my man Kendrick Lamar, not only for creating a an incredible album, but Kendrick Lamar has been all over the NBA uh, fine, excuse me, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals. Uh Getting his album, having his album drop and then playing snippets of his album leading into games is perfect product placement. You can't get any better than that. What I mean by that is that Kendrick Lamar is introducing not only his music, but himself and his talent to an audience that normally does not listen to his music. So. When you turn on the TV and you hear the intro to Damn or Be Humble or DNA and you see Kendrick Lamar, that's product placement 101. I don't know who did it. I don't know who was responsible for it. I don't know if it's Kendrick, if it's Top Dog, if it's TDE as an entity. It is brilliant because it's giving him something that he probably doesn't need, but he's definitely benefiting from. And that's exposure. Can't be mad at that. That's going to do it for us. Once again, thanks again for taking a listen to the Dead End Sports Podcast for FIFO in his absence. Our homie Q. Got to thank my man Beezy and Ken. Uh, I am your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. 